When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie's here. It's Formula One. We are back in action. It is spa week. Hopefully we actually have a race this year or a um, more than a parade lap where Nikita Mazepin ends up with the fastest lap. But before <laughs> there's rain on the forecast again. Is there really? Yeah, I mean I feel like there's always rain on the forecast at Spa, yeah. but I don't know. That's what I was seeing earlier. And hopefully we 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 haven't heard like did did those people ever get like refunds or did they get completely shafted? We never heard anything. No, I'm pretty sure we heard that they didn't get refunds. Yeah, weren't they going to give them like fifty percent? It was like something like that wasn't a refund, but they were trying to like be like, oh, you can have like an autograph hero card of like Andreas Seidel, like something like really cheesy. No offense to Andreas Seidel. Let me Seidel. see what they're getting yeah they're getting compensation in terms of not a refund but obviously this was last year so i guess we forgot they can oh yes uh they can enter for a prize draw for like tick grandstand tickets for this year oh and it was like yeah but listen to this so anyone who had a ticket for the sunday last year no refund yeah but they were allowed to enter a prize draw for either 100 silver grandstand seats for those who have bronze tickets okay. this year. Yeah. I don't, and then, or 50 gold grandstand seats for people who had silver tickets, and then 20 VIP seats for gold ticket holders this year. So, very few people, it's 170 in total, are actually going to win anything of the thousands that got screwed. Awesome. All right. Well, before we talk news and make predictions and all that stuff. Have to get to trivia. I actually did have trivia last week. It was in the form of a TikTok, and I'm an idiot and just, like, didn't put two and two together there. So full blame on me for that one. Who holds the record for the number of P2s in one season? How many P2s was it, and what year was it? Hmm. I got to think about that for a second. Um, 
That's interesting. Like, not the most second place finishes in history, right? Just in one season. Okay. Uh, damn, I have no idea. I think I'm just going to have to guess on this one. Okay. Um, I honestly thought this would be an easy one. How many second places in a season? Yeah, by one guy. Is it Nico Rosberg no. or Valtteri Botas? It is Botas. Like one of them. Yeah, it is Botas. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many it's going to be. I feel like he... this is going to be in one of those years where no one was even contesting the championship really against Mercedes. Uh, so let's say there were like 20-ish races. Let's say he has like 11 or 12. The answer would be seven. Places. Seven or seven only. Seven or eight. I I don't remember exactly. It's seven or eight, and okay. it was in twenty eighteen. Yeah. So, is that a year that he? No, I think. Did he win any races no, in twenty eighteen? I think that was the one remember. year with Mercedes. He didn't win anything. Oh really? That was that yeah, year. I'm almost positive of that one. The TikTok does not cover that, but let me hold on. I'm pulling up both. I am pretty sure see. of that one. Let me look. 2018 yep you're right he didn't win a race he had one two three four five six seven yep seven second places and then a third and then the rest were like mostly in the points but not on the podium yeah cool he finished fifth in the championship that year who beat him i bet vettel was second i know that i remember that who else was up there? Yeah. Hamilton was first. Yeah, then Raikkonen was third. Okay, okay. And Max was fourth. Okay, was that Max's second year? I thought Max started in 2014 or something. I thought it was 2016. Max has been in for a long time. Okay, I'm going to look that one up. You pull up the first bit of news. Okay. Also, I'm pulling up Max right now, actually. Oh, first entry was 2015. Okay. He was a test driver for Toro Rosso in... 2014 but his first full season was 20 he's a test driver at 12 years old uh i mean he was born in what year i'm, is I'm slightly 90s. exaggerating he's 2097 so yeah i think he would have been like 17 or something right yeah i think <coughs> excuse me i think his rookie year he was 17 because he didn't even have his his license yeah because they had to make that super license bullshit after after he entered the sport yeah okay what do we got up all right, so the first bit of news is I guess that this weekend we're going to see the introduction of that um, aerodynamic oscillation metric introduced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the ride height is going to be set, like a certain lowest ride height, I guess. And then there's also going to be a minimum ride height. And then there's going to be tighter controls to curb what the FIA is calling these flexing floors. Right. And so basically what that is, is the wooden planks underneath the car that have titanium on the ends of them. They're allowed to flex. I think it's up to like two millimeters. And there have been some speculation that Red Bull and Ferrari, among possibly other teams, have it flexing more than that, um, especially in, I guess, places not monitored by the FIA so that they get less porpoising. 
because they're not getting as much like you know touching the ground to get rid of that downforce the ground effect all right let's see how much of a difference it makes yeah the thought is that it's going to bring mercedes closer yeah george russell actually had some quotes saying like this might be what we need but well yeah we'll have to see because i don't know if it's going to make that big of a difference yeah i i listen it's it's all things that were probably needed and i don't know maybe maybe not to this degree but how much difference is it going to make at this point in the season where teams have had a lot of time you know they've had essentially a month or two at this point to prepare for these changes so and listen you know ferrari probably screwed up they're probably building like a canoe right now because they they don't remember what they do anymore so did you see that ferrari made a tiktok about tire strategy no. And, and they've been ridiculed because they're like, why would Ferrari teach anybody about tire strategy? I just thought I would share that tidbit there. No, I'll have to go watch that. We can t- continue on now. I'm sorry. Okay. So other news that is kind of interesting but just kind of funny to talk about is that um, we now know what Michael Massey is set to do. Oh. He is going to be the new chairman of the Australian Supercars Commission. So I guess he was part of supercars before he came to the FIA. Um, and I guess the, the the board there, or whoever's in charge, is firing um, the current chairman, Neil Crompton, because people wanted to bring Massey in. So it's been real supercars, but your series will now go down in flames of poor decision-making amongst rules. And that's all I have to say about that one. There's also something called the South Australian Motorsport Board that he's been nominated to. Um, And I guess that is part of South Australia, which is a state in Australia, their government's commitment to bringing back an Adelaide street race for supercars. Okay. I mean, cool. Whatever. Listen, I I hope he's learned many lessons and they is successful that's that's about all nice i can say and stop with the death threats online people let's let's be realistic that's still happening i'm sure it is i mean have you seen formula one fans they don't tend to let things go very easily when they've beaten the the horse a hundred thousand times well yeah i got into one of a rare you know like responding to a troll the other day because i felt it necessary and my tweet actually got a decent amount of attention, and, and I think we saw that the person, it was a very anonymous account with very few followers, actually ended up deleting the account. So I'd take that as a win. Clapping sound, clapping sound. Next piece of news is that McLaren F1 driver, Lando Norris, wants to try rallying after the F1 career is over. Again, He's super young, so this would be in a really long time. And I don't know necessarily if he's ever tried rallying, but anyone who wanted him to potentially, you know, we we like to talk about potentially IndyCar drivers, right? Like the F1 drivers retiring and moving to IndyCar. Doesn't sound like Lando's interested in that. He wants to do rallying instead if he's going to do any other type of racing. That's fine. See you, Lando. You can take your annoying fans (laughs) with you too. (laughs) 
<laughs> you just triggered a lot of people. Yeah, it, listen, we're recording on Monday because I have to travel tomorrow, so I am, you know, Monday levels of cranky right now, and it's been a long day, and I'm still recovering from the lack of sleep from this weekend, so I'm just, listen, let's just trigger all of them. I mean, we saw Kimmy try rallying for a few years there. What was it, like, after he retired from F1 the first time? Yeah. And he, he didn't do all that great, so I don't know how it would go for Lando, but, I mean, we saw Kimmy take a stab at NASCAR this weekend, and it ended up in tears, unfortunately, because, I don't know. Was that his was that his fault, or did he get wrecked? No. no, I watched a replay, and he got pushed wide and just basically sent into the tire barrier. Okay, okay. Yeah, once once I saw that he crashed, I deleted it out of my DVR and stopped paying attention. Yeah, I didn't end up watching the race because if he didn't even finish it, I don't really yeah. care anymore. No, not at all. I mean, I guess the, the torpedo, I don't know where he finished, but was in it, but he doesn't do the same thing for me that Kimmy participating in the race does. No, agreed. Antonio Giovinazzi, the absolute worst Formula E driver I think we've ever seen. <laughs> that was just terrible, his season in Formula E last season. Uh, and he didn't even participate in the last race of the year because his thumb was bruised. Which, apparently, I've heard from a few people that he didn't even have any, like, wrapping or bandages on his thumb going into the track for that last race. So, take, you know, take from that what you will. But, he's been rumored now that he's going to get the hot seat, the second hot seat, in place of Mick Schumacher. And to kind of add into that fuel the speculation he's going to take part in some fp1s for haas at monza and then also at coda later this year i don't like this i am sorry mr giovanazzi but that would that would be not a good move and listen i don't think he's it wasn't a terrible f1 driver but i think you're you're throwing away a young driver who's been inconsistent for a less young driver who was equally if not more inconsistent in his Alfa Romeo career so what what's the point I'll tell you what the point is he's Italian and so is Ferrari so that's probably important to them they don't always have an Italian driver right but they've tended to have some very big Italian drivers over their history okay all right fair so maybe that's something big for them. I don't know if that's the reason, but he's still associated with them. And we'll just have to watch this and see what happens. I would think that they know what they would be getting with him at this point, but maybe they think that's somehow going to be better than what they're seeing with Mick. I don't know. All right. I can't really see yeah, it. Yeah, no, me either. That's fine. <laughs> you sound so excited. Yeah, I really... I. I I am not in as bad a mood as as I am portraying right now, but I am totally burnt out right now. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. 
We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company. And we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today. Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Okay, we don't have that much more news, but I found a couple interesting, I don't know, quotes and tidbits that I want to just get your thoughts on. So Albon has said that the value of success is the main difference between Red Bull and Williams. Say say that again. Alex Albon has been quoted to say that the value of success is the major difference between Red Bull and Williams. So basically, if you go out in Q1 he says, but you actually felt like your lap was really good and the car was good and you maximized everything. Williams still, you know, is positive about that and doesn't just crap all over you. Like I guess Red Bull would. So the expectations are obviously different, but I think this says a lot about the atmosphere within Red Bull. And you have to be someone like Max Verstappen, who's used to being berated constantly by your insane, I don't know, I would say mentally unstable father to succeed there which is why people like pierre gasly alex albon we know people you know the talented drivers couldn't make it there maybe it's a mental thing yeah i mean it's hard to disagree especially when you mix in doofus helmet marco and every every other doofus that's associated with the red bull i one hand want to say like yeah well you're in formula one you're, you're there to succeed. You're not there to do a Q3 lap and or a Q1 lap and, and get eliminated and go, oh, shucks, better luck next time. So, like, I think part of that is, like, you know, just, just grow up and deal with it. <laughs> Frank Williams definitely wouldn't have felt that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I just, I don't. He was pretty hard I Listen, I don't like. Sir Frank. Yeah, Sir Frank. Sorry. I think Red Bull is very toxic, obviously. But I also yeah. think that, like, you know, if if you can't handle being criticized when you're at Red Bull, one of the premier programs, then you're never going to go back to a top tier program. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, I see your point, but I also think that teams possibly need to understand that different people and different drivers are motivated in different ways. So what works for your driver, you know, by like berating them or being harsh on them and kind of criticizing them, while that may motivate people like Max Verstappen or others who take that as a challenge, it may just completely deflate other people. All right. I mean, that's fair. I, I'm i going to take the curmudgeon approach on this, on this one, but you know, it, you should also n- expect that going into Red Bull. Like this shouldn't have been a surprise to Alex Al. I don't, and I don't know if it was. You know, I can't. No, he didn't say anything yeah, about that. Yeah, I can't. You know, speak and say he he was, but but maybe it's even worse than he thought it was going to be. Yeah, I get. I I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't succeed in a place like that. No, me either. But that's why we're sitting here so, talking about it. 
Well, yeah, but I think the majority of people probably don't succeed when you're treated that way. So it takes a rare breed. And that's why they have such trouble finding anyone who can be a successful driver in their team. Yeah. Maybe they need to take a look at that. Or maybe they won't, and they'll just continue to um, perpetuate the cycle that they've created. That's probably what will happen. Exactly. All right. Talking about problematic, um, I don't know, I guess... Doofuses? Worldview or, like, mental states. Um, Apparently, Alonzo was quoted recently that he takes pleasure in little moments of, like, when he, like, uh, beats someone, even if he's not winning, right? When we see him make a great pass, um, whatever, like, when he exploits his strengths and opens up weaknesses in others, he says, I need to make 100% of my thing. I need to kill what other, whatever strengths other people have. But this I do in everything I practice when I play anything. I used to play tennis, and when I play with someone good, I would put the ball very high. Because like this, you stop the rhythm of them because they are used to hitting the ball very hard. Playing with professionals, the ball rides very strong for them, and so they are used to that kind of shot. But when you put the ball high, they make mistakes. So I can play better tennis when putting the ball high. It's my only chance to beat them, so I do that automatically. It's not only on racing that I need to destroy the strengths of others and to maximize mine. I mean, he's definitely a sociopath. There's there's no doubt about it. (laughs) like i i the way like the, i need to murder you in tennis yeah. like i cannot lose is all right i mean i respect someone being competitive but like like mr alonzo you're playing with a professional tennis player and you still refuse to lose yeah like buddy that seems irrational it's, it's okay he's probably like smashing his tennis racket in half but <laughs> i changes the rules to, to make him win somehow oh of course i i don't Listen, yes, he's a sociopath. I think we could... So why is he with Alpine, or why is he going to Aston Martin, is my question, basically. Like, I need to destroy whatever... I mean, he'll fit in perfectly with Lance Stroll, just destroying other people's motivation and, like, making them feel like garbage. Uh, I mean, they'll bond over that, for sure. But <laughs> that's not a place where you're going to be competitive. I don't see it that. It has thing. to be money. It has to be some sort of money, like, you know, long-term. Like, hey, we'll give you x millions for you know a two-year contract or three-year contract or you know whatever it may be but also when you retire uh, this is total guess you know when you retire you know you can get blah 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 or you can do blah 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 or some sort of combination of the both you know we'll pay for your uh your world tennis career afterwards and all (laughs) of the rackets you need uh, if you want to smash people with rackets we'll bail you out of jail (laughs) Uh, you know probably something like that but I don't really hate that mentality. I have to be honest with you. I it's it's a little extreme. You're playing devil's advocate today. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's a little extreme, but I am all here for it. He, I like a little sociopath. Listen, I don't like to lose. I really like to be right as well, which I mean my trivia nerddom is kind of I guess is <laughs> motivated by that. But there's also a point when I think you have to be smart and realize that you've lost and just do the best you can. And that's where I think you lose Alonzo a little bit. Yes. He doesn't seem to have that sense of reality where it's like, this is the best I can do with what I have. He expects that he can win regardless of the circumstances, which that keeps you motivated. I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy's, what, 41 and still 
hungry, and that's awesome. But I think it comes at a cost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Let's go, Team Sociopath. Okay, now that I've <laughs> now that I've been canceled, let's continue on. That is actually the last piece of news I have. So I want to get into Spa now with the times real quick yeah. before we predict what's going to happen. And these times, I mean, obviously are subject to change due to weather. I hope that we get a race because that would be incredibly embarrassing. Two years in a row. Yeah. They're talking about potentially not going back to Spa after yeah. this. And I think if the weather's horrible again, that would be definitely a reason not to stay. But it's also like one of the most classic tracks that every driver you ask, what are your top favorites? And most of them mention Spa as one of them. Yeah, I agree. So I guess you have to just race in the rain. Let's do it. As F1 showed, they couldn't do at Monaco. Yeah, that was embarrassing. That was FIA's fault yeah. or race control's fault, not the drivers. All right, practice one is going to be on Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Practice two is three hours later at 11 a.m. Practice three, Saturday at 7 a.m. Qualifying's at 10 on Saturday, and the race is 9 a.m. on Sunday. I will probably miss, I will miss everything Friday, and I might, might be awake for qualifying on Saturday, but that TBD. So I will not be tweeting much, if anything, F1 related this weekend. That's okay. I have the login, so I can yeah. do that. You're going to tweet like. If you trust me. Yeah. I, I mean, clearly, cl- clearly at this point, I think we were. were we don't have to worry about that. I'm going to change the password like, this week. <laughs> change the password, lock me out, and then start tweeting stuff and, te- and, and writing signed host at the bottom of each tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I am tweeting from the toilet, yeah. host. <laughs> I mean, we've all, we've all been there. I mean, come on. <laughs> Everybody who's listening to this episode has been there at one point. Okay, we we're going we're gonna to stop with the toilet humor, and it's spa. Everybody knows... What to expect. I guess the one thing that I don't know if it's going to be for this week or, or the race after, but Red Bull's coming out with a new, decently lighter monocoque, which is supposed to shave like two tenths off their time, which seems like a huge. For Max only, though. Right, for Max only. Because all the updates only work for him. That's, right. That's for, the for Sergio, <laughs> it's going to be three tenths. I'm in such a sarcastic mood today. For Sergio, it's going to be three tenths slower because they weighted his with Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> Skittles. I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> they weighted his with all the trophies that he didn't win. <laughs> just to, like, deflate him even more. On that note, we, you know, it's end, end of summer break, so there's there's not a whole hell of a lot else going on. I think we can just dive into predictions. I think that's why I'm feeling a little bit crazy. It's like, I'm a little bit stir-crazy from, I, I didn't, we, we obviously didn't get that much sleep this weekend. Yeah. Not because of any, like, partying, but just because of covering indie. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. 